Welcome to Stutter Stories, where guests from around the world each share the ins, outs, ups, and downs of life and conversation as a person who stutters. Hosted by Tricia Hedinger and Ja Ben. Welcome to Stutter Stories, everyone. This is your host, Tricia Hedinger. It's great to have you here with us today. And I'm going to do very little talking and get right to our guest story. Um, Patty Bowman is coming to us uh, to share a part of her life uh, for the benefit of all of our listeners. And Patty was hesitant initially to share her story in that um, she worried that it would be maybe too much or maybe not a story that people wanted to hear uh, or would want to listen to. And that's really um, when people put themselves out there and are willing to share a piece of themselves, that's part of vulnerability. Um, And as the very wise Brene Brown said, vulnerability is not weakness. And that myth is profoundly dangerous. Vulnerability is the birthplace of connection and the path to the feeling of worthiness. If it doesn't feel vulnerable, the sharing is probably not constructive. And I think those are some pretty powerful words. And it takes a truly courageous brave person to put their story out there, to put a piece of themselves out there, sharing it with the world. So it is my honor and my pleasure to welcome Patty Bowman. Welcome, Patty. It's a pleasure to have you here today. How are you doing? Good. And it's so, so nice to be here. And so this is Patty's first time on a podcast. So we are delighted to hear a new voice. Um, out there in the podcast series that's go that's all the podcasts that are out there related to stuttering it's always nice to hear a new voice so I'm especially excited today to talk to Patty so Patty why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself where you're from where you've lived in the past well I grew up in Green Bay Wisconsin it's home of the Packers which most everyone knows and and it's known for making cheese but I'm not sure that everyone knows that it is the toilet paper capital of of the world that's fascinating I did not know that (laughs) the toilet paper capital of the world they should put that on their license plate right right Um, How do you think growing up there um, in your area may have impacted your relationship with stuttering? Like, what are some perceptions about stuttering in your area? Um, I actually don't think growing up in Green Bay had anything to do with my stuttering. Mm -hmm. I think growing up in the 60s and the 70s, Mm. and even through basically all almost the 90s, the stuttering therapy model was, it can be fixed. Mm, mm -hmm. And I think that had more of an impact. And then my fam, fam, family dynamics had a lot to do with it too. Um, Mm -hmm. It runs in, in my family, 
My dad stuttered as a boy and my older sister and I still stutter. And I have two, two siblings that do not stutter. So mm. there's a, so there's a genetic thing go, going on. Hmm. Do yeah. you, if you don't mind me straying from the script a little bit, do you think growing up with other families who stutter makes it easier for you as a kid, or do you think it makes it more challenging or what are your thoughts on that? Um, it depends. Mm -hmm. Um, it leads me into my family dynamics. Mm -hmm. Um, we had a no talk rule and stuff. Um, and I should start out that my, both of my parents came from very dysfunctional and traumatic families. Mm. Um, and it, it was passed on to me and all of my siblings. My dad worked hard. Um, he never missed work. But as I learned more in my life, I realized that he was a functional alcoholic. I think mm. he had diagnosed depression and a ADHD as well as ang ang anxiety and PTSD, mm. just from knowing what he went went through. Mm -hmm. um, my Go mom. Go ahead. Oh, my mom came from a dysfunctional and traumatic background too, and I've seen several therapists. And while they couldn't diagnose her. It seems like she had had a narcissistic personality. Hmm. Um, and recently I've learned that we aren't sure if it's true, but trauma can help create that type of personality. Hmm. So yeah. I had a bit more compassion toward her then. Yeah. And so I think, I think when you're growing up, whether your family, whether you have family members who stutter or not, it's going to be unique to every situation, I guess. And right. so you had a lot more going on than just other families, other family members who stuttered, but a lot more, um, would you say mental health challenges going on? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that I'm the only one though. I mm -hmm. don't think it's talked about that much. Hmm. When we get into groups, we only talk about stuttering. And we kind of leave out the mental health part of it that kind of comes mm -hmm. along with, with it for some people. Yeah. yeah. We've actually talked at length about um, next year. So each year, the World Stuttering Network has a theme. This year, in 2022, we're talking a lot about bullying, as you know. Um, mm -hmm. And we thought about next year for 2023, actually making mental health the conversation, um, kind of the that, theme. That of would, would be great. Yeah. And just to get more conversations going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how would you say your relationships with your speech therapists have affected you? Um, I don't remember all of them, but I did have two that were um, re rememberable. During the summer between second and third grade, my parents sent me to a private speech therapist and I remember not talking much to him. He was a nice guy, 
looking back, I don't think I talked to him much because of, of my family dynamics. In dysfunctional families, there is a no talk rule. You don't mm. talk about things in, in your house. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I am not sure, but, and I remember one session where he gave me puppets to play with, and then he left the room and there was a mirror in there. And I'm sure he didn't realize that I knew that it was a two-way mirror, but I had watched drag, drag net. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I knew that you knew was all a- about it, <laughs> all about and that I, two-way mirror. And I, and I didn't say a word. And then he told my mom that I would stop stuttering when I wanted to. Mm. And that made an impact on me and had had a lot of guilt because I thought I wanted to stop, but I didn't stop. So there's something really wrong with me. Did he comment on that afterwards to you? Or was there a discussion about that that you can remember? I know it's a long time ago. I don't really remember. I think he was talking to my mom and I was kind of just behind him, I think. I don't, it it just stuck in in, in my head. Mm -hmm. And yeah, kind of like that feeling the, you know, you don't always remember what people said or what they did, but you remember how they made you feel and yeah. that moment made you feel guilty. Yeah. Guilty and then shame too. Yeah. Hmm. Because what, what's wrong with me that if I could stop, I, why, why wasn't I stopping? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Was it to get attention, which was a common theme in my family for me? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So the, he was he was one that stood out. Was there anybody else? Did you say there was someone yeah. else? Yeah, there was one speech therapist I had, Mister Doe Plays. He was I had him in seventh and eighth grade. Um, all I remember was that he did not focus on my mouth. We talked about life. We talked about goals. Um, it was just good. Mm. Um, and then after he was my therapist, I, he, he asked me to ba- babysit his kids. And so I had indirect therapy from him, which he didn't know he was do- doing mm. because he would, he affirmed me and actually planted the seed of becoming a speech therapist. Wow. Wow. And yeah. so he took all that focus off of um, changing your speech patterns and, and did more of the addressing the emotional side of it. Is that what you would say? Yeah, but he did work on the speech during the, when I, when I was in therapy, but it mm-hmm. was, the slant was different. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and, and I'm not sure how it's just, 
he made me feel good about myself. Hmm. Does he know now that you're a speech therapist and that he planted that seed? He, he knows that I'm a speech therapist, but I, I'm actually going to contact him, I think. <laughs> good, yeah. Good. Yeah. Wow. That's a good message for all the speech therapists out there. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about a time that was particularly challenging or hurtful or defeating for you related to stuttering. And then maybe tell me about a time that changed your perspective about stuttering for yourself yeah. or for the better. I actually put those two questions together because it's all in one. Mm. Um, in my junior year, there were about 15 of us that ob- obtained scholarships to take one college course at a local college during the summer. And I took a psychology course. But during that time, I spent time in the card catalog looking up stuttering. And I'm not even sure if your listeners will even know what a card (laughs) catalog is. I'm not sure what the age cutoff is. Uh, So I know, well, I'm 46. I know what a card catalog is. I think, I don't know how much lower it goes. Maybe people in their thirties, maybe not so much. (laughs) Um, And the sad thing was all I read was negative stuff. People who stuttered did not find good jobs. They tended not to get married. They have poor social life, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like after four or five books, I just kind of put them down. Mm. They made me depressed and actually sent me into a depression. And I actually wanted to commit suicide. I had thought about it. But I knew in my family that I had to succeed. If I survived, my mom would probably say that I was just doing it for uh, for attention. Mm. And back in 73, either I was naive or there just wasn't that many options. But I only knew that if you took too few or too many as aspirin that it wouldn't work. Now, I don't know if that was true, mm-hmm. but that's what I read. Mm-hmm. So, mm. um, and at this, during the same time, I was active in my church, but doubting if God really existed and if it was all man-made, um, but through a series of events, God became real to me. Mm-hmm. And that really changed me. It made me more po- positive. And I realized that majoring in speech therapy, as it was caused, called back then, might be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was actually able to read Charles Van Riper's book, while, while I babysat for my former therapist. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I want, I wanted to go to Marquette university because it was Catholic and I wanted to nurture my newfound faith, Mm -hmm. but I, uh, but I assumed that I would be going to a state school just because of the cost. Mm -hmm. Um, but luckily 
the, the Marquette gave me a full four-year scholarship. And I am so grateful because the Speech Path program was very supportive. And I found friends through campus ministry. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really po- positive thing. I'm glad to hear that Marquette was supportive. And when you say supportive of pursuing speech language pathology as a person who stutters, is that what you mean? Yes. Um, they, they also had two speech paths on the staff who was stuttered. Mm. I have heard other students have mixed experiences, even young students who were discouraged uh, by universities from pursuing speech pathology? Well, I do have to say that I knew that they were concerned about me because my stuttering was much worse. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they were trying to put me on the PhD path. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't want that. And I heard about four or five years later when I was working that they had considered counseling me out of of the program, but they couldn't be because my practicum evals came back so well. Hmm. And So, so, yeah. So they considered counseling you out because they thought your stuttering was interfering as opposed to being... uh, beneficial? I think they thought that I couldn't get a job. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We've had, I've had discussions with students who stutter, who are pursuing their master's degree to practice clinically about Mm -hmm. how to handle. I think most of the the fear that they've had was what am I going to do when a parent says, I don't want you as my speech therapist because you stutter. And that was always the big fear that they had. Did you have that fear? Um, Yes. And I've had it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And unless I thought it was a detriment to the kid, um, I would not allow it. And, and I had the backing of the, speech path program. Mm -hmm. I had one kid that was stuttering and the mom did not want me to be his speech therapist. She was like, if you can't fix yourself, I don't want you. She wanted him fixed. Mm. And despite the fact that I knew I would be better for him than another therapist that would get him, Mm -hmm. I really felt like I had to give him up because I didn't want that conflict. Mm -hmm. And there was one child who had mental health issues that my speech really bothered him. Mm -hmm. And and I felt that it was in his best in, in, in trust to really give him to the other therapist. Mm -hmm. You know, as clinicians, we have to do what's best for our clients. And even though 
we can say, well, my stuttering is fine and I, it shouldn't bother him. It's like, no, you have to really do what's best. Mm -hmm. And maybe that parent just wasn't ready in that moment to see how, what you could offer may be more beneficial than someone else. Um, we, I have mm -hmm. role-played that situation with some students to figure out what, what is something that you would like to be able to say. And we've gone through the idea of, um, I understand your hesitation. Let me tell you what I, as a person who stutters, can help your child with, what I can bring to the table that maybe someone else who doesn't can't bring to the table. I'll leave the decision up to you. I just want you to go into this fully informed, um, but we'll do what's best for your child. And then maybe tell them, say, I have, you know, personal experience. I know what things are difficult for children who stutter and, and to go through and maybe make a list of a few things, um, but say, I'll leave the decision up to you. We've had that kind of discussion, but it's, uh, yeah, there's, there's the big fear of that question. So I always feel like whatever your big fear is, let's, Let's make a plan for it. Yeah. And what you're doing is really good because back in the 70s, no one was doing that. Mm. No one was. It was like you were out on your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I, except for the two professors at Marquette, I knew no speech pathologist that stuttered at all. Hmm. And there's many, many that are out there now. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are. Can you tell me about a moment that felt like a success for you? Yeah, I actually can. Um, one of my principals who now is a close friend was encouraging some of her staff to go beyond just teaching mm -hmm. and some enrolled to become principals. Some did professional development and we talked and she didn't know of what I could do because I was, wasn't a teacher, but mm -hmm. our school district offered pro professional development taught by teachers Mm -hmm. for the staff, which helped, we, we, we got paid and then the staff got a credit to, to move up on the pay scale. Mm -hmm. So for four or five years, I taught a 12 hour course on stuttering for, for practicing speech paths. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And then they stopped, stopped it. Which is so it was great. <laughs> yeah. But there was a college, I think, in Kansas that had an outreach program in 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 Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Um and teachers with with a master's degree could teach. Mm -hmm. So I just um built up my course and I taught a class every other year mm -hmm. for about four or five times. Mm -hmm. And that was really good. And the funny thing is when 
people found out that they had to go out and voluntarily stutter, Mm -hmm. a few of them wanted to drop the class. Mm -hmm. They did not want to do it, but Mm -hmm. they, but they, but they needed the three credits for, for their license. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I think that's a very intimidating task when people hear about it, but uh, it's a great opportunity to learn. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it's um, Dr. Yars. I'm not, well, I don't want to say who it is because I'm not really sure. I think it was him, but talked about the the purpose of that task of having people stutter on purpose and, and is the purpose for you to experience what it's like so that you can better relate to your patients when you're a speech therapist or training to be a speech therapist, or is it to do it so that you can desensitize and learn to be comfortable with it, learn to be comfortable stuttering. And that was a a perspective I hadn't heard really until, until recently. And I thought that was an interesting idea. What I found really in interesting was that most of them learned that stuttering was not just the actual stuttering. Mm-hmm. One first person said she went in into a store. Um, she had to find a friendly look looking clerk who smiled, mm-hmm. but, but then the line was too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and she realized that the stuttering was more than what you say. Mm-hmm. It was the decisions you're making. Yeah. Catered around it. Yeah. Interesting. And, and, and the fear and look, looking for someone who might not laugh. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have a particular mantra or inspirational phrase that you return to for motivation? I actually don't have just one. Tell us what you've got. <laughs> well, music has been a major thing in my life. Mm-hmm. And the first song that I remember that I sang or remembered was one of the theme songs from Jerry Lewis's mu- muscular dis- dystrophy telethon. You'll never walk, walk, walk alone. Mm. And I that, remember that song. Yeah. And I was young and that, that telethon was a big deal growing up and we collected money for, mm-hmm. for it and stuff. And every year it was like a so, social thing in our na- neighborhood. So, and in high school, it was bridge over troubled wa- 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 water and there were other songs by Peter, Paul, and Mary, Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. Carol King, James Taylor. So um, I also used scripture to help me back then, and I still do. One of the verses that I used a lot was from Romans 5, 3 to 5. But we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Mm 
and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love in into our hearts. Hmm. That's very inspirational. Um, yeah. And, and do you, do you just go back? Do you read scripture when you are having, do you read it on a regular basis? Do you tend to do it when you're having a tough day or a good day, or do you just do it on a regular routine basis? I should say that I do it every day, but I probably do it two or three times a week. And during my prayer time, which I get meditation time in and mind, mind, mindfulness st- stuff in there too, it's all kind of come combined. Yeah. All those things start to blend together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Yes, there is. In fact, it's one of the main reasons that I decided to be on your podcast. I want to talk about a passion of of mine. I've been managing health, mental health issues since nine, 1982. And it's been such a taboo sub, subject to bring up then. And while it's being talked in the media about these famous people that are high functioning, but then they commit suicide, it's like we don't talk about it e e enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that I was the only person that stutter, stuttered that dealt with with it. But now research is showing that people that stutter are prone to de depression and anxiety and ADHD and possibly PTSD. And some of the PTSD is just from dealing with stuttering Mm -hmm. and like bawling Mm -hmm. that stuff and from other things. And if you have ADHD, you can have trauma from that. Um, and I just learned in a class that I took that for people who continue to stutter into adulthood, ADHD is one of the top other conditions that we have. Hmm. And I belong to a support group for women with, a, with ADHD and have learned that, that, uh, that addictions come with it. Hmm. So... It's like, we have to, I'm trying to think of a way to say this now. We don't just deal with our stuttering. We deal with other things too. Um, in fact, since, since I was diagnosed with, a, with ADHD, I realized that some of the speaking sit, situations that I have trouble with aren't just because of my stuttering. If I go into a bar that's noisy, Mm -hmm. um, first of all, I'm an an introvert, so large crowds can make me uncomfortable. The loud noise makes it hard to hear if there are more than two or three people, I can't focus on one 
conversation Mm -hmm. um, and I'm allergic to scents. Mm. Um, So it, oh, and one more thing, if it's noisy, I have a softer voice and I have to really raise my volume, Mm -hmm. which causes my stuttering to be worse. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't have a hard time talking in a bar just because of my speech. Mm -hmm. It's all of those other things too. Mm -hmm. And I think realizing that has helped me to take the pressure off, off of, of myself. Mm -hmm. Knowing the environment, the situation, the sound Mm -hmm. levels and how all those things combined put pressure on all of the things that impact you like ADHD and stuttering. And that's, you know, kind of putting those all together. I imagine that makes you plan your social events quite differently. Yeah. And I feel comfortable saying no, Mm -hmm. if if I just feel like it, it is going to wear me out. And I know I'm not saying no because of my speech. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, oh, one thing that is being brought up kind of in some circles is creating teams of professionals to help people who stutter. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think this is going to take a long time, but I think we who stutter can do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I got this idea from a book I read after my husband died. The the book suggested that widows make a list of people that you can go to for different needs in Mm -hmm. in your life, like financial, legal, list of friends that you you can rely on. Um, and, and that really helped because when your husband dies, you are in a different world. You're just traumatized, Mm -hmm. but I think a list for people who stutter could include a speech path, a therapist, a psychiatrist, uh, support groups online and in person, and then friends Mm -hmm. and and a go-to friend where you could call them 24 hours a day, mm. which is hard to find, but I have yeah. one. That's great to have one. Yeah, I would say that would be a challenge to find someone who you could call 24 hours a day. Um, what I think is an alternative to that, that's that's a, a brilliant idea, the whole, whole idea of creating a professional group or just a total group, a total Mm -hmm. group of support people, um, that may, you know, that don't necessarily share one location that are just people in your lives. Um, and the 24 hour access to people and, and maybe, you know, you don't have a person you can make a phone call to, but there's so much more online social media support, where you could at three o'clock in the morning say, you know, I'm having a tough time and somebody somewhere is up 
<laughs> talking, yeah. you know, and maybe you text, maybe you message, maybe you arrange the uh, WhatsApp calls or those sort of things. But mm -hmm. at least there's a, a little more access when people really need it in the moment, because it's not always going to be during those nine to five hours, or it's right. not always going to be that right time of day. I love that idea of professional groups and um, as speech pathologists. And when it comes time for to for discharge, we like to make sure that people are are leaving our services with plenty of support and plenty of options and, and knowing that they're always free to come back. But I think that's a, an excellent task for people to, to do themselves or mm -hmm. to do with their speech pathologist to sit down and say, all right, who are all the people who I can look to for support when I need it? Right. I always say speech therapy is great, but you don't want to come forever, do you? So let's no. see, what are all the supports that you have in place at home once you leave here? Mm -hmm. Oh, one, one thing that I should say is my 24-hour friend, we have never called each other during the, during the late ow, ow, hours. But, but, but we, uh, we uh, know that we could. That's the important part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, knowing they're there. Um, that's great. So we have a couple minutes before we close out. Did you want to, do you have a question you would ask if you had, were in a room full of people who stutter and you wanted to get a really good conversation started? Do you have a question you would ask? I would ask a question that I would ask any group. Mm. What books have you read? What mo mo movies have you seen? Mm -hmm. Because I really don't like talking about stuttering unless there's a need, need to. Mm -hmm. So just there's talking, so, just there's to talk. So much, there's so much more to life. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. That's great. Well, thank you so much, Patty, for being with us today. You are an excellent guest and I appreciate your openness and you sharing your passions with us. Um, it was really great to hear from you. Thank, thank, thank you for have, having me. This, this was fun. Well, I'm so glad that you were here with us. Thanks, Patty. If you would like to be a guest on Stutter Stories, email us at worldstutteringnetwork at gmail.com. First timers are welcome.